right. This is episode 12. Yay! Halfway through spooky month. Oh, by the way, I'm Alicia. I'm Katie. This is true crime podcast called Crime Squared. <laughs> Every episode I get so excited. It's so funny to watch you. <laughs> Well, I mean, I also got to see my best friend, you know, via Zoom, so it really can't get <laughs> bad. I don't say any worse, any better than this, unless we were, at some point, we'll have to record it in person, you know, if we can get a little extra time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen, because every time we get together, we end up doing all this other stuff, and I am not a late night owl, and you are an, a late <laughs> I was falling yeah. asleep on her couch snoring in the middle of football games and fights <laughs> woke myself up a couple times I was like I'm just gonna go to bed yeah well and I felt by the last night you were here Jordan kept was being super fussy yeah which I was pretty ready to go to sleep too but then I don't know one of the last times that he got fussy and I went back out. Jesse had made me another drink, and I got caught a second one. And then we were up till like two in the morning. Yeah, I know. Even when I was in college, if we stayed out until two a.m., it was like two a.m. hit, and I was like, I want a burrito and I want to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Do not try and make me back to the house and drink or do anything else. And I want my bed. I'm yeah, not here for this. Last night. I don't know what we did all day yesterday. What was yesterday? Sunday. So we went to the beach yesterday. <clears throat> and then we came home. And I think the kids went to sleep just fine at 8, 8.15. I think then I even went to bed a little early last night. And Justin and I sat down and watched some Netflix. Mm-hmm. I fell asleep. Like, he made me a drink. And I kind of, like, cozied up next to him. And next thing I knew, I was, like, the whole time. <laughs> I remember That's him asking fine. me, babe, are you being out? No, no, no. And he's like, well, what just happened on the show? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he goes, babe, <laughs> you're sleeping. I'm like, no, I'm not. And we both went to the bathroom and then I came back. And I was like, all right, I'm good. I just need a little power nap. It's fine. <laughs> Mike knows if I sit down on the couch next to him and I snuggle up next to him, it's done. It's mm-hmm. over. I will be passed out within five minutes. Well, at our He's last like, house, bed. the way our living room and the couches were all set up, I wasn't able to ever like sit up and cuddle with him. Mm-hmm. And so now that we can hear, like, as soon as he puts his arm around me, I'm like, <laughs> right. There's just something about it. it. Yeah. Well, especially because we don't ever really cuddle. Like, we just do our kiss goodnight and then, like, to each turn over. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> Every once in a while, he'll reach over and, like, hold my finger or something because my hands get so sweaty and his hands are freezing. It just doesn't work well. It doesn't last long. Mike does not cuddle with me, but he cuddles with the dog every single night. Major eye roll, Mike. <laughs> like, dog up on, on his back, all fours, up in the air. Oh just my snuggling God. together. Like, those two are two peas in a pod. Oh, jeez. But my snoring bothers him, but the dog snoring doesn't bother him. I was going to say, does he cliff hack up a lung at night, too? Because, oh my gosh, that would get annoying. He does, and he snores like a freight train. I don't hear it anymore, but somehow Mike doesn't hear his freight train snoring, but he hears mine. Um, I don't understand it. Selective hearing. Yeah, of course. 
because <laughs> it's it's something new. We've been hearing eclipses snoring for twelve years now. Mine has been going on for the last couple of weeks, and there's only a couple more weeks. Heaven so. forbid. Right. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> you oh, made me get the nose strips. Have those helped at all? Yeah. The snoring is not as loud. Oh, that's so, a plus, I think, right? I feel like I can breathe better. Oh, I don't well, then that's up, a like, huge plus. Up. Maybe I should get some nose strips. They work. I mean, one of, I don't remember who it was, but Mike said one of his friend's wives in Nebraska is eight and a half months pregnant. And they, like the same day that we had the nose strip talk, they had the nose strip talk. <laughs> and he sent him a picture. He's like, yep, Katie just went and bought some of those because I can't stand to sleep with her right now if she doesn't do something else. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. Oh, man. But it is what it is. At least, so, you know, it doesn't last forever. Right. It sounds like you might be having a new job soon. Yeah, I hope so. Did you have an offer? I did. I had an offer, but I turned it down. I did not get a good vibe when, like, after, and it was from the interview that I had last Thursday. Uh, yeah, I think it was Thursday. Anyway, so we finished up the interview, and then I asked, like, because it was um, something with timeshares. So I asked, am I stuck, like, in one little desk all day? And they were like, oh, it's a cubicle. I'm like, oh, no. Like, I'm super Ooh. claustrophobic, and I don't want to be stuck in a cubicle. Like, I know most people, you know, it's nice to have your own space anyways. I don't want, I don't expect a massive office, but I got to be able to socialize a little bit. <laughs> anyways, they took me out to show me the floor, and uh, I did not get a good vibe from anyone out there. Like, I heard one person answer the phone, and she was like, this is blah, blah, blah with this company. What can I help you with today? And she was just, like, not happy. And I was like, oh, is she just learning? They're like, no, she's one of our good one of our good agents. She's been here a few years. I'm like, that's her tone of voice on the phone? Is she's a good agent? Are you serious? Like, I, I'm not saying I want to work with, like, extremely bubbly everyone all day, every day. But if somebody is interviewing and they're showing you the floor, you should probably, you know, be a little more upbeat. Act like you have some pep in your stuff. Act. Yeah. And then I looked to the other side and nobody would even look up. Like you could just tell they were not happy. And then like 20 minutes after that, I get a call from their HR lady and she's like, yeah, I'm just calling a follow up to see how the interview went. I'm like, oh, it went okay. I told them, you know, that if I hear from them for, with an offer that I'll talk to my husband and get back to him on Monday. Cause you know, we were going to Friday and the weekend mm-hmm. and she's like, oh, well, that's what I'm doing. I'm like, what are you doing? She goes, I'm offering you the job. I'm like, oh, okay. She goes, so uh, I'll send you some information later and let me know what you think. I'm like, that's how you offer someone a job. Like I might be used to things a little different from back in Nebraska, but usually when you call someone to offer them a job, you're like, Hey, I hope the interview went great this morning. I heard good things. Just wanted to give you a call because we want to offer you a position with our company. This is what it'll pay. This will be your hours. Yeah. You know, something wrong. I just did not get a good vibe, but I had an interview today with another, uh, with a resort actually. And it was basically doing the, closing part of when people buy a timeshare doing like that paperwork <clears throat> interviewed for that position and then an administrative assistant so basically just going over the paperwork like should I do it the right way um, mm-hmm. that sounded really promising just I don't know 
Mm-hmm. I don't want to leave Jordan, so it's uh, I don't know. It's gonna be rough. I mean, if if they offer me the job, like I'm gonna take it, but still, right. it's just it's gonna be bad timing because Liz is coming down. Um, not next weekend, but the weekend after, and then Jody's coming down the weekend after that for Halloween, and I'd like to spend time with one or the other because. Liz wants to do the same thing where she comes out and visits once and then I go visit her once. Yeah. We have been doing. But I don't, it's just a lot. <laughs> I'm like, it's already going to be enough that I'm going to go back home to Nebraska to visit family once. So then to also go to, you know, Montrose and back, it's just going to be a Montrose? lot. Me, but out in Colorado. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I want to. It's just with starting a new job, it's not like I can really ask for a bunch of time off within you know the first year but I don't know I guess we'll see how it goes I mean I did get a really good vibe from both the girls that I interviewed with today so hopefully that pans out but is it near like Denver I think so I mean we went to Denver and met her like two years ago maybe for Jesse's birthday we drove out to Denver and she drove up and I think it was only a couple hour drive for her so I don't think it was that far but I want to say it's south of Denver I was going to say what if you did like two birds one stone you flew into Denver and she drove up and saw you guys in Denver and then you stayed there a couple days and then flew to Nebraska yeah and then came back well I know she she takes her kids to um to Nebraska to see her parents like early June and the kids stay with her parents that whole month and then she drives back the end of June early July we'll get the kids and then go back so I might try and time and work all in yeah because otherwise it's a lot of money and I guess we'll see but I am excited that she's coming out to visit because you know a lot of people always say oh yeah we'll come visit and then they never visit so I didn't even give you time to get fully unpacked before I came and visited oh I was most (laughs) definitely fully unpacked I was unpacked like that first week because Jesse flew back to Nebraska and I was all alone with the kids (laughs) you're like give me something to do yeah and then Jess came back and goes, again, I don't know where anything is. I'm like, well, quit leaving me unattended Figure when I'm unpacking. <laughs> I need supervision, okay? <laughs> I would have been like, you'll find it. Just keep looking. <laughs> you'll mm-hmm. figure it out. Oh, man. All right. Well, it's my turn to go first this week, right? Yes. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. So I did North Dakota this week and it's not a ghost story I kind of strayed away from that this time but it is a shorter one okay but have you heard of the wolf family murders like Mm w-o-l-f no I have not like (laughs) (laughs) one more time one more time I'm sure the fans really appreciate that (laughs) (laughs) speaking of not a wolf but a fox. Have you ever heard foxes fighting? Mm-mm. The noise that they make? You have to go look it up on YouTube after this. It is the weirdest sound I have ever heard come out of an animal before. I feel like Ariana recently said that too. Yeah. So, huh. oddly enough, you know that song, the What Does the Fox Say? Yeah. It's weird shit like that. Hmm. That's weird. Like it is. I told you about them waking us up like a couple months ago, I feel like. Mm-hmm. But now we just hear them occasionally and it sounds like 
a husband and a wife bickering <laughs> when they fight. There's three of them now. We started out with oh, one. There's three of them that live in like this little, I don't know, al- alcove, whatever you want to call it, in our neighbor's yard, like right next to us. And yeah. we see them like almost daily. And every That's once in a funny. while, like, I don't know, maybe two or three weeks ago, I saw them in our neighbor's yard in the morning, which I'm pretty sure foxes are nocturnal. And I saw one this weekend, huh. broad daylight, like 9 a.m. And it was the weirdest thing. Hmm. But when they were in our neighbor's front yard, they were literally like nose to nose like this. And they were like, <laughs> like fighting that's annoying yeah that has nothing to do with the story but (laughs) okay (laughs) (laughs) that just came to my mind I was like I I have to bring this up because I wonder if she's ever heard them ask Alexa sometime to tell you what the fox says Alexa yeah when uh we have that little echo dot thing oh we don't have that first the very first thing that Ariana did was ask her Alexa what does what does the fox say? And she sings to her. They love it. Oh, we have the Google Home. I wonder if it would do the same thing. Probably. I mean, even your iPhone. Just say, Siri, what does the fox say? I'll have to try it. I do it sometimes on my, on my phone, but I don't want to say it because then we'll, we'll both hear it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm going to start out on a little eerie note. The gravestone that pertains to this story reads the murdered family on it murdered family the murdered family that's awful yeah so on april 22nd 1920 one of the most gruesome and violent crimes to ever take place in the state of north dakota happened on a little farm three miles north of turtle lake north dakota i've heard of turtle lake before you have okay Mm. you might i i know someone else covered this story but I can't remember who. Once I actually got into it, I was like, I remember this story. But I don't remember from where. So it must have been a while since they've done it. Yeah. Um, a neighbor, John Kraft, on the farm next to the Wolf Farm family farm, noted that their washing was still hanging on the line after two days, um, which is very unusual for them. And it was starting to get wet again because it was raining. So Kraft decided to go make sure everything was fine. Since the instance instance seemed out of the norm for the neighbors. Uh, When Kraft was on the farm, he heard the sound of pigs rooting somewhere they shouldn't be. So he stepped into the barn where they were, and he discovered the bodies of 41-year-old Jacob Wolf and two of his daughters, Maria, age 10, and Edna, age 8. They had been hastily half-covered with dirt and hay in the barn. After discovering their bodies, Kraft glanced over to the open trap door that led to the basement and saw five more mutilated bodies. These five included the wife, Bietta, 35, and three other daughters, Bertha, 13, Lydia, 6, and Martha, 3. Laying over these bodies was the chore boy the wolves had hired as extra help for the farm, And this was Jacob Hoffer, age 13. He was also a neighbor on the other side. Oh, that's sad. Also, I love the name Bertha. Really? Yeah, Big Bertha. 
exactly. <laughs> there was somebody that I knew from high school that um, named their car Bertha. And I was like, like Big Bertha? And they're like, yeah, what's that from? I'm like, oh, I don't know. I just I feel like whenever Big Bertha hears Bertha, everybody says Big Bertha. Yeah. So Nobody I feel knows that. where it I'm came a, from. I would feel awful if I ever actually met a Bertha because in my head, I'd be like, Big Bertha, Big Bertha. <laughs> right. That's just instantly where your head would go, even if it was the smallest woman in the world. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Big Bertha. <laughs> your parents did that one to you. That, that's all yeah. on, on your parents. <sighs> okay, so there was one family member that had not been slain in the event, but she had been left for dead. This was nine-month-old baby girl, Emma. Oh. Kraft found her in one of the bedrooms. Uh, Layer would later say that the reason he didn't kill the baby is because he didn't know she was in the other room napping soundlessly. Oh. So, what could have caused someone to ruthlessly murder almost an entire family? Jealousy, money, in the 1920s, maybe some stupid love obsession, or guns. You're going to be surprised then. <laughs> Uh-oh. It all began when Wolf and another neighbor named Henry Layer were arguing over one of the Wolf's dogs biting one of Layer's cows. After a long argument, Wolf asked Layer to leave his property, to which Layer ignored him. This led to Wolf grabbing his double-barreled shotgun and loading it with two shells. Layer grabbed for the gun, and in the midst of the struggle... The gun discharged twice, killing Mrs. Wolf, the mother, and the chore boy. So that's what started it all. Wolf fled into the yard while Lair reloaded the gun from the drawer he had seen Wolf pull ammunition from. After reloading, Lair shot and killed Wolf, the father. Walking up to him, he shoved the muzzle of the gun into Wolf's side and fired an additional shot to make sure the job was done. So so a dog bites your cow, and then you get into an argument about it, cool, but then you get into a struggle about the gun. Not only does it go off and shoot two people, you also think you need to go and shoot everyone else? Mm -hmm. Shoot and kill everyone else? Oh my gosh. So while Lair was basically double-tapping the dad wolf, the daughters Maria and Edna ran screaming into the barn. Excuse me. Layer chased after them and killed them in the barn where they were later found. Layer fired one shot that hit one of the girls directly in the head. He then jammed the gun against the second girl's head who was screaming and crying and pulled the trigger. Oh. Yeah, this is a rough one. From inside the house, Layer could hear the three other sisters, Bertha, Lydia, and Martha, screaming loudly. Layer went back to the house and killed Bertha and Lydia with the same shot, while the youngest, Martha, was hit bludgeoned with the broadside of a hatchet in the head, killing her upon impact. All of them said that she died this way with the bludgeoning of, from the hatchet, but nowhere could I find where he got this hatchet. Like, he killed everybody else with a, a double-barrel shotgun. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden, he changed what he was doing found a hatchet, picked it up, and just 
with the broad side of it. Do it a little different? Yeah, he didn't even use the sharp side. It was like, it was almost like he was annoyed that she was scared and screaming. So Mm -hmm. he just beat her with it. And then she died because it was, she was three. So. The poor family. Oh, how awful. Yeah. Layer went back to the front yard where he drug Jacob Wolf's body into the barn with his two eldest daughters. Hastily half covered them with dirt and hay. Layer then re-entered the house and pushed the remaining bodies into the cellar. So they didn't die in the cellar. He pushed them in there. And so they were dead when the he barn. was messing with them. Yeah. He moved them out of the way so people wouldn't see them. So they weren't, you know, laying in the yard or just laying where I mean, there wasn't a trail of blood or he cleaned that up out in a farm like that i feel like the grass is tall enough that you mm. might not see it yeah unless you were really looking for it yeah you had to know what you were looking for yeah and if the nearest neighbor craft he was a mile and a half away so you probably didn't even hear half of it no he didn't hear any of it he didn't even, even know until he shots, saw I'm sure those probably sound pretty muffled, and it's probably pretty normal out in the country. Right. Considering they have cattle and stuff, he was probably just like, oh, well, there's a, you know, a wolf or a bear or, you know, some kind of wildlife. Yeah. That they were warding off. But you wouldn't go looking for it unless yeah. you had heard something out of the normal. Mm-hmm. But Lair was the first suspect the police had. He showed up while the police were on the farm investigating what had happened. Chief, so he went back? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Chief Marta- Martin Nisson said it was at the wolf farm after the murders. Lair was roasting wolf, declaring wolf's dog killed one of his sheep. Which is now changed from sheep from cows. So he changed his story. Up the story. <laughs> his actions were suspicious the morning the bodies were found and at their at their funeral. We suspected him from the first, and he was consistently under surveillance. We placed him under arrest after more than a week of work on the case, and after questioning him for a few hours, he broke down and confessed to the crime. So what he's he's talking about? Yeah. So what they're talking about during the funeral is um, they had a mass funeral. He made a point to open and look at every body in the casket at the funeral. There were there were over twenty five hundred people attending this funeral. Who does that? Exactly for eight bodies. So seven. Oh my gosh. Of the wolves and then the farmhand. Oh my gosh. That's not creepy or weird or suspicious at all. And considering how he killed them, mm-hmm. like obviously they were close you, for a reason, probably. Yeah, because I know the dad and then the two daughters were shot in the head, and then mm-hmm. the dad was basically had his side blown off when he went yeah. back for the double tap. Well, and the one that he got with that. What'd you call it? The axe or the the hatchet? The hatchet, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just like he just was getting his um getting a joy out of 
opening them and seeing what he had done. My thought was, did he have to open them and make sure they were dead? Is that what he was doing? Like, why why would you go and open it? Why would you want to re-see and relive what happened? So who enjoyed it? So May 11th, Lair was finally arrested uh, for the murders. And while in custody, he confessed that he had committed them all within a day of the arrest. During the investigation, he refused the right to a lawyer, saying, let it be over with as soon as possible. At no point did he show any kind of remorse for his actions. And after confessing to the murders, he was soundlessly asleep on his cot in his prison cell less than 10 minutes later. What a creep. That is so fucked up. Like, if you have the ability in your conscience will let you fall asleep 10 minutes after you confess to killing eight people and not mm-hmm. just killing brutally murdering these people a whole family there is something seriously messed up in your brain unless he looked at it which is still not okay but unless in his head he looked at it as well i came clean so my conscience is clean you know what i mean you still did it yeah oh yeah i mean I, I mean, I felt bad. Like, I accidentally clicked on my husband's email earlier on my on the computer. And I was like, oh, no. I saw an email. Nothing. It wasn't anything bad, but I just felt bad. Like, I invaded his privacy. And so as soon as he walked in, I was like, babe, I'm sorry. I accidentally clicked on your email and I opened it. And he's like, okay. And? Like, that's fine. <laughs> and this dude's over here. I just killed eight people. I'm going to go back to sleep. Good night. Right. What? Oh, my God. No. You cannot do that. I feel bad if I accidentally hit a squirrel in the road. Like, <laughs> yeah. You can't tell me that you can thank you. Just have the ability to kill eight people and go to sleep. Yeah, you need that drink. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Apparently somehow he always knows. I mean, I haven't done my um burpee challenge for the day yet. Oh no. I've done it every day. I did it on, when was the first? What day is today? I've done it for three days. So today would be day four. Today's the fourth. Yeah. Yeah. And the first day I kind of just like half-assed it, but I did it. And since then I'm like, I'm going to have good form and I'm going to see how many I can do before I'm like exhausted. And I haven't had a chance to do anything like for myself today. I mean, I got ready for the day, but I had an interview. Only reason why. (laughs) Right. And so he's like, have you done your burpees for today? I'm like, no, but I will. So I feel like I'm cheating now because I'm drinking and then I'll do them. But as long as I get my 25 for the day, I'm good. I feel like I would barf after I drink mm. and then did 25 burpees. I probably won't finish that beverage, but it's okay. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Okay. So he tried to say after admitting to the crimes that the first two murders of Mrs. Wolf and the farmhand were accidents, but he kept going after that. So that doesn't make it okay. If it was an accident, then stop and be like, oh shit, like I gotta call someone. Right. Like, I did not mean to do this. Like, yes, I did it, but I didn't mean to. That would be a whole different story than, well, shit, might as well kill the whole family, even though none of them witnessed me doing this. Right. What? So if it was an accident, why would you then brutally murder everyone else in the house? And he went looking for them. It's not like yeah, he went he after just- them. Yeah, that's not okay. He feels no remorse. What an idiot. Not at all. So 
what do you think he got sentenced? Oh, life for sure. Well, I don't know. Was life a thing in the 1920s? How old was he when it happened? Uh, that I don't know. I did not look up his age. I would say he he went to jail for life. He did. So Lair would be sentenced to life in prison, but would die just a few short years later, five to be exact. After Why? he was sentenced. Um, this was the result of having appendicitis and surgery for the illness. He was taken back to the hospital after 10 days and he ended up having a blood clot that went through his heart and ultimately killed him. So this bitch killed a family of eight people and got sentenced to jail for life, had appendicitis, and then they tried to have surgery so he could continue living his life sentence mm-hmm. they should have just let him die well i mean he ultimately died well i mean i guess he suffered a little bit but not as long as he should have well if he had a blood clot go through his heart then he would have had a heart attack yeah so that would have been somewhat painful but not i mean not equal to his crimes yeah yeah i'm sure that i sound real like i'm really (laughs) messed up and really evil when i say things like that but i have absolutely no room in my heart to feel bad for people that have done awful things like that like i just just can't do it like when people say that like rapists can change and murderers can change like bitch no no. Mm -mm. No. if you have that mentality we cannot have this conversation i cannot even have a conversation with you because if you think somebody like that can damage that have already committed those crimes, if you think that they can change, there's something wrong with you too. Like right. you can hope for the best in anyone all for it. I do the same thing, but not in those types of people. That's just not okay. There are those people need to suffer. Rehabilitate people for mm-hmm. murdering and raping are not among those in yeah. my brain. Yeah, for sure. Like, if I found out that, like, a child rapist was moving to my area, I'd be pissed. Oh, yeah. Because in my mind, if you did that, you shouldn't be out. You should be in there for life. Or all of the people like you should just be sent to a little island and you can all duke it out over there. Yep. I second that. We should not be rehabilitating you for anything. You're putting a lot of our families and our kids I, I feel even when I was I don't know when I was a single mom even before I had kids I had very strong opinions about it but because I did not have kids I didn't take it as personal whereas now if I see it's just like mother bear mama bear anytime you see a little kid getting like looked at by somebody that you know you didn't see them walk in here with I'm gonna be a little suspicious and I'm gonna keep my eye on you and I would right. hope somebody would do the same thing for my kids because Ariana knows Stranger Danger, and she thinks it's annoying when I tell her, you can go play down the street, like, that's fine, just remember, Stranger Danger, and she always tells me, Mom, I know, and I'm like, well, the day I don't say it, and you forget, we're not having exactly. this, like, this is not happening, we're not doing that, and she's like, okay, I promise, okay, it's fine. Well, that's actually that even like, have to. Yeah, you don't just... know who's out there anymore, I mean, you yeah. want to hope for the best, and like, so Kyle, Jesse's friend, Kyle Beamer, he always gives me such a hard time that um I'm becoming like a helicopter parent because I always like want to know where she's at or you know even if she goes down the street and plays with friends like that's fine just let me know where you're at like what house you're at 
that has nothing to do with being a helicopter parent. It's just simply me wanting to know where she's at. So that way, you know, usually like I'll message the parents and be like, hey, your kid's over here or your kid just left because that way, like that's just a parent thing. Like, you know, it's probably mostly moms, dads don't care, but times have changed compared to how they were when we were growing up and when yeah, our parents were growing up. It's in the 90s up. when you can go play out in the cul-de-sac and everybody is fine. You just came home when the lights came on. Mm-hmm. You can't do that today because yeah. somebody will roll up in a van and pull all the kids in and then you have no idea. Yeah. I tell everyone all the time, even before we moved, you know, if somebody drives up, especially because Jesse knows everyone. So I'm like, if somebody mm-hmm. pulls up, we're trusting you to walk home and somebody drives up next to you. If you start to get a weird feeling, trust that feeling, no matter who it is. If you, if you think you've seen them before and if they tell you, oh, I know your mom and dad, like they told me to pick you up and bring you home or something happened. And she's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, no, not okay. If no. you have not seen them in the last year of your life, they are like unimportant. Don't worry about it. And even if they text me later and be like, Hey, I tried to give your kid a ride home and she didn't want to ride home. Like, good. Good. Like, she doesn't remember you. She doesn't know you. You're not a part of her life. Like you shouldn't be asking her if you can give a ride home because we are trying to teach her something. So when you do things like that, it, um, how do, how do you say that? It makes what we are teaching our kids like, un, like it's nothing. Like you just brush it off. It's kind of like when kids, what they've been taught. Yeah, when parents tell their kids, oh, it's a secret. Like, don't tell your mom, even though it's just something innocent. That's still teaching my kid that she can keep a secret from me, no matter what it is. And when we're trying to and have that open policy. Not a good thing. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't ever want her to feel that type of pressure. Right. Uh, Got right. off on a tangent. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Gets me all worked up every time. I'm glad that he went to life for for. For he went to prison for life. I'm happy that <laughs> that actually like served it well. It's yeah. always annoying when those types of situations happen, and then they're like, "Oh, he is sorry. Let's give him 20, and then we'll you know mm-hmm. give him some credit for time served." Like what? I hate that. Like if you <sighs> killed somebody, you should not be up for parole ever. Mm-hmm. You should be in there for life, regardless. Like that should be a minimum. Did you hear about um, that guy? He he was on parole from back in Nebraska. I want to say it was like last spring, spring of 2020. And he had that shootout with the cops in Edgar. I think I read something about it, but I don't. He recall. had kept his ex-girlfriend hostage in Clay Center, I think, or in Dewey's maybe. Damn. I don't remember where it was. Yeah, and he was not nice to her when he was when he kept her hostage he tormented her that poor girl oh my gosh like broke her teeth and oh my god it was a whole thing anyways it came up on the news the other day that he had like his sentence was like not even something that and he was already on parole and then he he had a gun and he held someone hostage and then he tormented and beat her and I don't, I wish I remember, let me see if I can look it up quick. So that's like life or, or death row right there. Yeah. In my mind, at least. Like at this point, he's already a. The fact that he violated a repeat. Yeah. By having a gun. Or, and then he did all those other things on top of it. Like there yeah. should be a minimum requirement of what you need. Can, can I say his name? I don't want to get in trouble for anything on our podcast. Yeah, it's public knowledge. Um, his name is Wesley Blessing. 
is 46. And so he was charged with three counts of attempted assault on an officer, three counts of use of a deadly weapon to commit a felony, two counts of possession of a deadly weapon by a prohibited person, and one count of drug possession. Um, uh, yeah, obviously you can't be rehabilitated, nor should you, if you did that. To after somebody. shots were fired at deputies, more than 100 officers from Clay County, Fillmore, Knuckles, Adams, Harvard, and Sutton departments, and the Nebraska State Patrol, and a SWAT helicopter, and an airplane, but they were all involved. I mean, not all of them got hurt or whatever, but So they have, gosh. like, a minimum of 40 people out there trying to catch this guy. Mm-hmm. And he was convicted, I want to say it was like last week. Oh, he got, oh, he was scheduled for sentencing on my birthday. The maximum, okay, so it drives me bonkers when the media says his what their max penalty is. Because you know damn well they're not ever going to get, actually get charged with that max penalty. So just tell us what the minimal is because they'll get half of that even. Um. Let's see, his max penalties for the four criminal convictions total 200 years in prison. But that's not what he got. I can't find what he got right now. I'm all sorts of worked up now. But I'll find what it was and then I'll text it to you. But oh, it just drives me crazy because I remember reading it. I'm like, that's all he got. Mm. He was sentenced on Monday to five to 10 years on one count of burglary, 10 to 20 years on one count of second degree arson, and eight to and eight to 12 years on one count of theft by taking more than 1500 Each charge is a class three felony. These so sentences are to years. be run consecutively. So he, he received credit for 176 days served already. Wait, so consecutively, like the most he's going to spend in there is 12 years. Um, consecutively means he's serving them all together and they're giving him good credit. Usually when you get a good credit like that, that means if you continue to behave yourself, they'll, you'll get time off for good behavior. And since they're all being run, his senses are being served consecutively. <clears throat> that also means that at some point, the prison facility will be um, at their max capacity. So then they'll start kind of weeding out those that don't have very severe charges. And those that have like lower time to be spent in jail will just get out on early parole. Shouldn't that be like or the people release. that had weed? Not like mm-hmm. these people. Yeah. And I only say that because I know for a fact there's a few people like him that have <clears throat> gotten lucky and just they were they were maxed out, so they were just letting people out. Like granted they're on parole, but obviously this dude was on parole and he still went out and did what he did. That is nuts. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Well I only have a little bit left. Go for it. So, Lair was originally from Russia and is survived by his second wife and six children. Yeah, he had six children of his own. Oh my gosh, I hope that they are not all fouled up in the head like he is, because, oh Jesus. It didn't say anything about that, but the nine-month-old that had survived obviously had no memory of the event and was raised by the neighboring Hoffer family, the family that of had the lost boy. hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that was killed during the massacre which I later found out they were related to the wolf family oh so keep the baby in the family Mm -hmm. so the Hoffers didn't tell her that she was not a part of their immediate family but rather that they were her aunt and uncle 
However, she found that out at the age of six, and her uncle died in 1932, and aunt died in 1933, a year later. So she lived with the three older children uh, for Mm -hmm. a time until Emily Haas, a grocer from town, took over guardianship, and she lived there until she graduated high school at age 18. Aw. Well, I'm happy that she has been striving. Good for her. So I can't imagine living in the town that your family was brutally murdered in. Yeah. Like that. I wonder if while she was growing up, anyone told her. her Well, that's how she found out that they weren't her like parents. But like, did they tell her all of the gruesome details? Oh, I'm sure she knew. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be hard. That's kind of one of those things that when you walk down to the local post office, you see, you know, everyone out on their porch and you can see them like, right. Like everybody knows, even though, you know, it's not her family's fault, but still. You never know. Excuse me. Don't make me yawn. Mm. Actually, I don't remember where I heard it, but a while ago, I heard that if someone yawns and then it doesn't make you yawn, it shows that you have psychopath tendencies. <laughs> so if you ever yawn and you think somebody is a psychopath, just yawn in front of them and see if they yawn back. I mean, it's I. you just yawned and I tried really hard to not yawn and now my eyes are watering. Stop it. <laughs> I can't help it. You- you keep saying yawn, so I have to yawn. We're just getting to that point. <laughs> See? Now I know you're not a psychopath. Yeah, I, I mean, I might be. You never know. <laughs> I would hope not. That would I mean, be I good feel like publicity someone... for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean true <laughs> I mean if they would let oh, me man. keep recording with you while you were in prison oh, then that will definitely be my number one request if I ever go to prison <laughs> nobody else has that niche so <laughs> oh man that would be awful <laughs> anyway <laughs> Okay, well, mine is, <clears throat> do you know what an iron is in Spanish? An iron? Mm-hmm. Like the iron a clothing sword? iron? Yeah. No. I really wish you wouldn't have yawned. <laughs> I'm, <sorry. laughs> I'm trying so hard to not keep yawning. Um, okay, so iron in Spanish is plancha. So this one, this story is called La Planchada. And so that just basically means something that had been ironed, which will make sense a little bit further down here. Um, So this took place um, in a hospital in Mexico City. I found a lot of articles that said this was um, like an 1846-ish, but there were also a lot of others that said this was the 1930s because of some of the clothing um, from that time frame that continued on. So her name is Eulalia 
She was a young and beautiful, polite, kind young woman. She was very well known for her level of professionalism, her caring ways, and then her dedication to helping all of her sick patients. She worked at the hospital and she was a nurse. Um, she was always ready to work. Um, she didn't really do much. She kind of kept to herself um, and then her family. She literally did the same thing every day between working at the hospital and doing chores at home and eating with the family, taking care of her siblings with her parents. Um, her uniform was always in precise condition, never had a stain on it. It was always perfectly ironed, wrinkle free. And, you know, back in the day, those little nurse outfits that they wear, mm-hmm. um, you can definitely tell all of those creases when something is ironed. And she was always She's probably like, like the Stark queen. Yeah, yeah. That's actually, <laughs> she was known um, as like the starch gal, the starch <laughs> irons lady, hence the name. Um, but she was like, everyone loved her. Um, her dedication um, made her be a huge inspiration throughout the hospital. Katie, you don't stop <laughs> I yawning. Turned away. I turned away. <laughs> I tried to turn away so you didn't see me yawning. I can't handle it. <laughs> Guys, this is what oh, happens when you're a mom and you record at night. <laughs> <laughs> We're not at all, all bored by these stories, but your body just goes, Haha, okay, it's time to go good night. <laughs> I mean, I could be yawning at any time of the day. The night is the worst for me. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay, so shortly after some time um, a new doctor being at the hospital um, they kind of did this little welcome I don't want to say a ceremony but you know when a new person starts like you kind of do like a little team huddle this is so and so please introduce yourself make them feel welcome blah 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 um, so all of the nursing staff went to go and introduce themselves to him and whatnot except for this gal Elualia um, was unable to go meet him mainly because she just didn't care she was busy with sick patients they dealt a lot like, of time for you. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Which later on, she was a little thankful for it because um, he had a tendency to be known as that misogynistic, like arrogant, proud. Yeah, and maybe he wasn't, but that's just the vibe that he gave off. Um, his mm. name was Doctor Joaquin. Um, he was very smart. He was extremely educated. He came from a really good and rich family. He was also known as a huge flirt. Um, so the Go patients figure. that they, yeah, the patients that they dealt with were mostly kids, but it was also like in the emergency room. So, I mean, they could have dealt with whatever. Um, but a patient came into the hospital needing some serious medical attention to have um, a bullet removed. And Ooh. Dr. Joaquin had asked, um, for Elvalia to help him in the emergency room with this particular one. And, I mean, since she was very well respected and she was always the go-to for a lot of things, happily she went over and started helping. So she was finally able to meet him. And right upon meeting him, she, of course, fell in love with him. Oh, come on, start Mm -hmm. to clean up. I know. I was like, oh, this is going to be a good one. What'd she do? And then I started to read. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? So then I kind of thought I should just, Yeah. So then I kind of just thought, I'll just wait till Valentine's Day to do this one. But yeah, I was already too invested. So I had to keep it going. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she met him and she helped with this patient. <clears throat> now, here were some contradicting stories. So a lot of articles said that she fell in love with him. And some said that 
because of how dedicated she was to the patients and the kids that she would bring the, she would bring the sick kids in the hospital that were about to be discharged. She would bring them toys towards the end of that. Like, uh, I'm happy you healed like farewell type of thing. Yeah. Um, if they died before she could actually say goodbye, or if she would find out that they passed a little after being discharged, it would literally like break her heart and she would always be brought to tears. Well, yeah. And so in one of these instances, when she was brought to tears, Dr. Joaquin walked in and found her sobbing and attempted to console her. And that's how he swooned her. There's uh, that. Yeah. Got her when she was weak. Yeah, exactly. Um, in my notes, I put, Elalia falls in love, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just really over it. I was really sad, and it took me a little bit to get back yeah. into the story after I saw that. <laughs> but, I mean, it's like every every Disney movie you see, somebody has to fall in love. So when I read these articles that somebody falls in love and then some shit goes down, I'm like, finally, like, love ain't always that <laughs> nice. Like, some shit happens. <laughs> They're not always good. Yes, I'm like... The movies that we've seen on Disney, yeah, they're sweet and whatnot for kids, but I don't want my kids always thinking that they have to fall in love in order to have a happy ending. Like, go, like, kill it at some basketball game or some volleyball or dance. Do whatever. Like, do it for you. You don't always have to do it for somebody else. But Honey, this is not realistic. Yeah, it always took me a long time to find that out on my own anyway, so whatever. Right. It's not all butterflies and chocolate cake. I mean, if it could be chocolate cake, though, it'd be great be great or carrot mm. i really want some of that cake that we had at the turtle shack when we went <laughs> the, like death by chocolate or something or in my you case well, it was time. basically it was an orgasm cake oh my god that was the best cake i've ever had in my entire I life i still have that recording on my phone you're like oh, do you oh, oh dude that was the best cake i've <laughs> ever had Oh my god. I remember sending that to Jesse. I was like, come get your girl. She's out here in public <laughs> moaning. <laughs> Dude, that was a good freaking cake. <laughs> oh, I know. So did everybody else in the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, especially after I had it. <laughs> when I when I come down for our trip in July, <clears throat> we'll have to make sure that we stop there and get some cake. You're coming in July? I think so. I didn't know that. We talked about it when you were here. That was going to drive to your house. And then from there, we're going to drive down to the rest of the girls' trip. Oh, the girls' trip. Okay. I think that's in July, right? Yeah, I think so. Sorry. Okay. Brain yeah. fart. I was like, I um, think we talked about you, this. Did you plan on visiting me, but not telling me? I mean, if I come down, hopefully I come down beforehand because I would love to meet baby girl like this year still. But. At any point, whenever I come down, I, w- I want some of that cake. Well, it's not, I mean, if they have it, they have it, but if not, I don't want you to be sad. It's not well, like I might have to call and see if we can have that, like, specially made. <laughs> I would pay some good money for that cake again. It was so freaking good. Oh, my gosh. Uh, all right. Mm. Tell me about Iron Lady. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so... The one story goes with um, when he kind of won her over when she was, you know, doing her whole sobby thing, crying because of the kids. Um, Shortly after they fell in love, um, she obviously didn't see him as her boss, um, which 
I don't know if that works like that in all hospitals. Like, are the doctors really your bosses or is that just like he's a little like he has more say than you do with what happens with the patient? I don't know that doctors were your bosses per se. I don't think that's that they're bosses because I think there's like a a line of command command within the nurses. That's what I thought. And there's usually a board of directors too that approve and whatever for doctors too. Yeah. I don't that's think, what I thought. I don't think they directly report to the doctors, but they do work like hand in hand with the doctors. Yeah. And maybe it was different, you know, in the 1930s or whatever, but I don't know. But shortly after that, they were always seen together. Um, and shortly after he conquered her, he proposed. And I hate that. He actually, yeah, I know. I mean, I think they dated for like a year, but um, he was actually her first and only love. So it was definitely a lot of that young teenage love Happy for her mm-hmm. um but some of the other stories say that she actually pursued him and you know that <clears throat> a lot of people were very against it and warned her about the flirting that he did behind her back and just the way that he carried himself that he was just very arrogant and he wasn't a good person and that he was up to no good type of thing but after she pursued him for a couple months, he finally agreed to being her honey, and she was obviously over the moon. I mean, usually when you pursue someone and they finally cave, you're like, yeah, I did it. Yeah. Hint, hint at my husband. Uh, yeah, extra, that was my extra. husband, too. That must be a Nebraska <laughs> boy thing. Um, but people could very soon tell that um, he was obviously not as thrilled as she was. But, you know, everything kind of lined up that after a year of dating, he really did pop the question. No matter what story that I read, that's how that part went down. Um, But days before the supposed wedding was supposed to happen, all of a sudden he said that he needed to take this immediate work trip for 15 days. He was very precise about it. He even asked her to press some suit for him. um, And she didn't believe it. He thought it was, she kept saying that she didn't thought he was up to something and so she offered to keep the suit at her house so that's why he's like well if you're gonna keep it can you at least press it for me because I'm gonna have some important meetings and conferences regarding the hospital when I get to wherever town he was going for 15 days but he never came back so a week into being gone another male nurse at the same hospital had actually confessed his love to Elualia and asked her to be his date for some dance part um like a date and dance partner to some party i don't know some type of like ball gala for the hospital and so she was like well i'm engaged why would you ask me to be your date and dance partner like that's not okay and shocker he's like um you're not engaged anymore didn't you hear he resigned from the hospital before he left and she's like what and so obviously she was like that has to be a mistake. Like, there's no way. Like, I pressed his suit. Like, I know he's coming back. And I guess, like, when they said their goodbyes, she was, like, in tears. And she said she just had this feeling. And she had never been away from anyone like that that she actually cared about like that. So she was just super distraught. And it was just a really hard goodbye for her. I mean, I remember the very first time, first boyfriend that I had, serious boyfriend that I had. And he would leave town for the week to go to work and come home on the weekend. And I remember the very first time he left after we hung out for a whole weekend, you know, that teenage love it, crap. It's such a big deal. We spend all yeah, the weekend. Yeah, I was so hurt. It was so great. And then he came back. I'm like, oh, that wasn't too bad. 
And then, you know, like six months later, I'm like, go. <laughs> Leave me alone for the love of God. But she had never experienced any of that. Like, this was like, this was all so fun and fresh and new to her. And she was literally like head over heels for this guy. So no matter what everyone saw in him, she was, she was feeling it and she was all about him. So it super sucks for her because I know we've all been there at some point. And if you haven't, I know you will. It happens even if you want to avoid it. Don't get sucked in. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But so this nurse was like, yeah, like he ran off and married someone and like that he was out. He was dating someone previous to coming here. And this was just a contract. And so he resigned early, went back and married her and then took this other girl on the honeymoon. He's And she just kept saying, there's no way that he would do that. Like, I know him. We are engaged. Like, he asked me to marry him. Well, damn. She, she went and asked. Yeah, she went asked the hospital. And sure enough, he did resign his last day there. So that gut feeling that she had when she was saying goodbye was something serious. And sure enough, she was on her own and she was super heartbroken and i mean she she was just extremely distraught like could you imagine meeting the doctor that everyone hates meet and dating the doctor like that's that's a big deal when you're a nurse at the same hospital yeah. and you guys are a thing and you finally get him to like cave and be with you and he asks you to marry him and then he just leaves like uh, that's that a little luggage fest right there that's hard no matter who you are especially like when you know your wedding is like right around the corner mm, yeah you're not going nowhere if you're marrying me you're gonna we're gonna get married right now before you leave that's what's gonna happen but so <laughs> you're not away that easily <laughs> hell no um but so she is unfortunately never able to love again she actually got extremely depressed and was just um very brokenhearted her work started to slack. Like you, everyone can definitely tell that this was just taking a toll on her personal life, like how she portrayed herself and how she looked, how she carried herself at work, how she was at home with the family. Like you could just tell it, it was not okay. But her employer and her coworkers at the hospital all thought, you know, at some point she'll snap out of this. Like it might take her a little longer than normal, but, you know, she'll come back. Well, people started dying in the hospital because she was just neglecting paying attention to them and doing her job. And she started to feel awful about that. So then that just made her feel even worse about her whole life. And she just became really quiet and just, I mean, she was already to herself, but more of like, she's just a private happy person type of thing. And now it's more of, should we go check on her? Like, is she okay? Like she's like extra quiet, like too quiet, you know, like we should be concerned. Like she's doing some sketchy there maybe we should go double check her work yeah well and then so here I found two other contradicting stories so there was one that said that she ultimately literally died from a broken heart because I mean not literally because she was so heartbroken that she wrote a suicide letter and hung herself that's one story that I read and that she signed the card with like a heart and like their names in it like, how, you know how you do the initials, blah, 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 yeah. blah, 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 forever type of thing. <clears throat> but there, like the, I only saw one article like that. All of the other ones say that um, she had actually been admitted to the hospital because she was just so depressed and that she ultimately died in one of the hospital beds, like at that hospital. So it's actually said that she haunts the hospital, not in a mm, creepy, like she's going to hurt people way, but more of she just like feels so bad about how she ended up letting her career get the like 
you know, the awful end of it with her being so depressed and that she should have never let it affect her work like that because Mm -hmm. people were dying. So when she haunts the hospital, she more or less of, um, she helps patients that are being neglected because of how busy the hospital was all the time. You know, you got just carried away and weren't able to get to everyone. They were short, they were super short staffed all the time. So she would come at night when um, people were either sedated or they were just asleep and she would go in and administer supposedly, you know, as a ghost version of herself, um, like give them pills or shots that they need or whatever they need, push fluids. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. But so like, there was a lot of testimonies of people that she had helped be, you know, people that kind of came to throughout the night after her actually checking on them or, you know, if they were about to pass out that she would kind of float in or there was a lot of people that say that she didn't walk, but she floated. And there was a lot of people that said and there was a lot of people that said that they could see her walk, but you could never hear the footsteps. But there was one that was like completely out of it, uh, was like serious coma. And then she administered whatever medication would heal them. So this person that was actually healed, like had, um, I don't remember what kind of fluids that they were pushing, but they pushed whatever fluid. And in the morning, like he was like super scared because he remembers somebody came in, but couldn't see her face saw her go into the bathroom and that he was like healed healed yeah oh yeah but they're healed so then people were kind of like so is she like a spirit that's like a healing spirit like is she someone that we need to pray to now but she was just so heartbroken that she just haunts the hospital now and tries to continue helping those like girl you have done your time like you can cross over like yeah like go be happy find your after another that's not a doctor and that is not going to leave you (laughs) That's not a total creep. Yeah, so eh, I feel bad for her. Like that's that's a sucky thing to to experience, and then to die right after that—that's pretty sad. That is super sucky, especially like that's your first boyfriend, your first fiance, your first husband. Well, yeah. don't happen to be husband, but yeah, that's your you I mean, know, only experience with love, and you just get like pummeled. Yeah. I mean, and not even like people get like people break up. Usually, you know, you don't end up marrying the first love you ever have, but to be engaged and then for him to just abandon you like that right before and then to find out that he really was with someone else and married her and took her on a honeymoon, like that is what awful. a scumbag. Yeah. Yeah. Like good but, on her for not finding out who that was, but I feel like I wouldn't need some closure and also to like rip that guy a new asshole. Oh yeah. But I would be like, I'm gonna go find him. This was in the nineteen thirties. And he she didn't even okay, I don't know why she didn't ask it, but she didn't even ask him where he was going to for this work seminar. Like, how come she didn't just go with him? Like, girl, you've been working by yourself for a long time. You've been single for like, a long time. I'm sure you I got some PTO. <laughs> who you're going with, where you're going, where you're staying, when you're going, where you're mm-hmm. staying. What yeah. you doing while you're there? Now it's a whole different thing. Like now, let me see. Can you make sure that you sync your calendar with mine so I can see what yes. time you're checking in and what time <laughs> you land? And <laughs> oh man, but uh, relationships are yeah. different nowadays. I mean, I don't have those trust it's, issues, but still, I'm like, let me be real. It's when, guys like okay. that. Yeah, exactly. But we went out to dinner on Friday, and. <clears throat> we were sitting like right up against like a window to the restaurant 
mm-hmm. and they had some live music inside. So Ariana was super excited because she, I don't know, she's all about live music right now. And she was last year when we came down here too. But there was a, a group, there was two couples sitting right inside on that window. And we could tell that this one dude kept checking me out. And I noticed he was like looking our direction, but we were like, the restaurant was on the water. And it was also a brewery. There was a lot of people there and it was, mm-hmm. I mean, it was pretty dark, but there was romantic lights everywhere. Like it was a real nice place. I noticed this guy kept looking in our direction. I was just like, yeah, he's really enjoying looking at this view over here. I'm like, okay, like, what is it? And I look over, I'm like, it's pretty dark out. You can't see half that shit, especially not from where he's sitting. <laughs> and after like three or four times, I kind of looked at Nana and then I go, mom, have you seen this guy? He keeps checking you out. He just, <laughs> he looks at you so funny. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. And then he did it again. And then, so at this point, my 10 year old daughter is noticing this. So I'm like, all right. That's a little weird. So then I look at Jesse. I'm like, that dude sitting right in there has looked at me way too many times. And it's not just like a, oh hey, like let's make let's let's be friends type of thing. It was like a, I would have been like checking me out like head to toe. <laughs> and so towards the end, I was like, yeah, can and, I help <laughs> you? And Jesse's like, oh, it's all right. Like Jesse's just like whatever. Like he's just too freaking nice. He's just so freaking nice. And then I goes. Is that going to say something? I'm like, probably not. Like, that's not, that's not who Jesse is. Jesse's like, style. <laughs> yeah, not at all. That's and she's like, too. really? Like, oh, you want to go, bitch? Oh. Yeah. And oh. I told, and then I goes, well, what if he like comes and sits over here and tries to talk to you? I'm like, well, Jesse that's probably be like, dude, I'm right here, but I don't think like he still wouldn't do anything. And then I goes, well, I bet you wouldn't act the same way if somebody was looking at your dad or uh, Jesse like that. I'm like, hell no. I'd be like, excuse me. Do you not see me sitting right here? I am his fucking wife. Do not look at my husband like that. And Fish, please. she was like, really? You would say that? I'm like, probably. probably. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, and Jesse goes, your mom can handle her own just fine. I'll be, I'll watch the kids <laughs> while she does whatever she needs to do. And I was like, if somebody's talking to me or you, and he goes, both. I'm like, yeah, that's right. I need yeah. no man to stand up for me. I can handle my own just fine. <laughs> <laughs> and that just reminded me of when we went out to in Lincoln for my bachelorette party. I don't remember that bar that we had that pitcher with a beer. I don't remember what it was called. Sandy's. Was it Sandy's? And that guy with that Hawaiian shirt water. was talking to all of us. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and he was talking to all of us and it was great and dandy. And you could tell he had been drinking a little bit. And then and we had it. just been starting the night. And then all of a sudden, somebody grabs my butt, and I thought it was one of you girls, and I saw it was him, and I shoved him, and you were like, whoa, and I'm like, you just grabbed my ass, and you're like, what? <laughs> I was like, okay, like, I'm not crazy, I'm not just shoving people, like, this dude grabbed, like, full hand, grabbed my ass, and I thought it was one of the girls, kind of, like, laughing at it, and I turned around, I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we are like, friendly. Thank God we that was so the- friendly. Thank God that was the only time that anything like that happened because, oh, man, I could not handle at every bar having <laughs> something like that. I felt bad enough. And then the bouncer was like, okay, we'll take care of them. I'm like, you fucking better or I will. <laughs> Do your job. Is that what we're not doing oh, Like, why are you not making sure that every woman in here is protected? Like, keep an eye on me, okay? <laughs> oh, okay, man. College but... kids. It just made me really laugh when Ariana was like, mom, that guy keeps staring at you, like really looking at you. Do you know him? I'm like, no, baby, I don't know anyone here. No. <laughs> we just moved here. <laughs> and even if I did know someone here, I don't want no guys looking at me like that. So it's right. a good thing that he's on the other side of this, gla- this class right here because I would be saying something. But I probably like, would have still been like, 
there's a kid noticing you checking out their mom like come on and so then I had to nurse Jordan and I'm oh. very open about me nursing out in public like I don't I mean it's not like I'm sitting there with my whole boob out no. but <laughs> you know like I'm still nursing my baby when I need to but no I definitely covered up that was a little too much for me <laughs> yeah I mean there's one thing like nursing publicly like I will just like mm-hmm. you do but once you get like a creeper guy like that you're just like I feel like I need to cover up because yeah. he's like oh I'm getting a show mm-hmm. no it's not There's always a my difference. child just needs to eat yeah like don't be a creep well and it's like when Nana's like mom here you can cover up I'm like no I don't need to cover up and he goes she's always like well so-and-so is looking I'm like okay but like when I see people nursing I'm like oh they're nursing their baby like oh how sweet yeah. it and then you have those people that are like, oh, a booby? Where? Let me see. Take. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, men's ears are like, yes? Yes? Booby? Right. <laughs> but, it's yeah, creepy so around family, too. Oh, yeah. Geez. We're not even going to get started on that one. That's a whole nother, <laughs> whole nother conversation. <laughs> but that is my story. I'll see if I can find some pictures of her. I couldn't find any earlier when I was looking, but. I mean, All right. there's probably not many pictures from the 1920s and 30s, so we'll see. But yeah, I had a problem finding many from mine. I think there was like yeah. one or two that I saw in the local paper from the funeral. Yeah, but that was it. That's what I had too. But awesome. All right, guys, well, that is episode 12. Go. Yes, make sure that you guys listen. Right. Keep going in order. Subscribe. Yes. And please leave us a review. Have- a sponsorship so if you hear whoop, whoop. some of our sponsorships please don't skip through them because yes, listen the whole time <laughs> that's how how we're gonna get paid for any of this we enjoy doing all you this, gotta do is but... listen it's not gonna be like a five minute long commercial it's like Give it a listen. you can even turn down the volume a little bit if you don't want to hear it but you got to hear it at least once so that way you know what it is yeah but we'll see all you guys right, later guys. bye